Dynasty Football Network presents Super Flexible Podcast with your two co-hosts, Tudrin and Swags, and host, Steve Halepka. Alrighty, so we're doing things a little bit different for this show, or I should say these shows, because this is going to be a little crossover. We're actually going to put this show out on Super Flexible and you can also tune in on Rookie Fever. And if you're not tuning into both of those, I think you need to be. So what we're going to do here is a little bit of a Rookie Super Flex mock. So we brought in a few guys. I've got uh, Steve here, of course, and Fenero repping Rookie Fever and Super Flexible. Then we have Shane Manila, who's not allowed to talk for 25 minutes or more from Dynasty Trades HQ. We have Caleb, who we're going to get to in a minute but then we're going to start with uh mg michael goins as you all may not know him um but the creator of dynasty football factory michael how's it going it's going great how are, michael i love it i i'm not used to hearing that full name spoken out so i'm doing great how are you guys fab tabulous trying to get shane off that mute Let's see what we have to do high stakes here <laughs> mg you got a lot to tell us about man going to hold up our mock. Oh, that's right. Okay. So we're going to jump right into the meat and potatoes. Well, um, as most of your followers probably already know, and that spans all of the shows on the Dynasty Football Network, um, and for those of you representing your shows tonight, DynastyFootballFactory.com has shifted over to a uh, membership platform. And it's we're about 45, 60 days in. And uh, it's just been humbling the support that we've received up to this point. I, I can't even begin to tell you the, the journey that we've all been on from day one, four years ago, to be at this point now where um, we've earned the the opportunity to not only make this move, but to position ourselves to give something back to our staff who's been with us and been loyal and patient and uh, exceptional in the content that they provide. Um, so I, I know we've got an exciting mock to get to, and I can't wait to burn uh, the rubber with you guys on that. So I'll make this short and sweet. Um, seeing how as we just launched our membership program, we're going to run these memberships through the end of September, uh, these particular promotions that we're running. And we've got two promotions that we've uh, got going on right now. Um, number one is our month to month option, which is $4.99 a month. That gives you and grants you all access to the site. You're going to get a chance to see all of our rankings, all of the articles from every single one of the departments. And by the way, before I continue, one thing that's kind of important to note, and this is something that anybody looking at a membership might be interested in, in understanding, our site is designed quite a bit differently. And what I mean when I say that is every one of our departments certainly acts as their own unique homepage. This is, this is critical to understand because when an article is published, if it is a Dynasty article, it will publish on the main default homepage, our Dynasty page. If it is an IDP article, it will only be published on the IDP page. Same goes for Devi, uh, College, Redraft, so on and so forth. So do be sure to understand that whenever you happen by our site and you say, well, goodness, they haven't published anything new in, in a couple of days. That's usually not the case, but... Um, it might just be a, a situation where there's articles up on some of these other department pages. So we do right. publish daily. I got to cut in. That's never the case. We publish every day. We don't take days off. Thank you. It was like four minutes, six minutes. Anybody time that? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, like four minutes. I lost my groove there. But anyway, needless <laughs> to say, 
the, the memberships that we offer, we've got the 1999 12-month membership that gives you grants you full access to the site. Um, we have our $29.99 price point that also includes three of our 2019 guides. We have our 2019 Rookie Guide and 2019 IDP Rookie Guide. And the newest addition to that lineup is our 2019 Fantasy Football Guide. So the, the individuals that comprised uh, those, those teams took months in preparation, compiling data, doing research, and have truly developed um, some awesome, awesome content for, for everyone to chew on and prepare for their upcoming drafts, whether it be dynasty, rookie drafts, IDP drafts, um, and of course, your fantasy football drafts. So I definitely urge people to check those out and uh, know that when you're buying a membership, you're becoming a default member of the DFF Army. And uh, one of the other cool nuances that we've added to the memberships is you're granted access as a members only access for our Slack channel. And in that channel, we have moderators for everything from Devi, IDP, trading, general inquiry questions, dynasty. So it gives you sort of a one-on-one opportunity to chat with some of the dynasty football factory staff and, and really take and elevate your game to the next level. Yeah, that's awesome. So MG, be honest, did this all start with kind of wanting to separate IDP from the rest of it, everything else? Say that one more time. I was joking. I said, be honest, did this all start with wanting to separate IDP from everything else? You know, to tell you the truth, I to this day, I don't even know what IDP is. <laughs> Individual I, I, I defensive site. player. I heard it was something like that. I I still get on our side today and I and I'm just I look at that IDP section and I just I just think, uh, wow, IDP, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you know, truth be told, I give our IDP team a bunch of crap. I, I'm, I, I've played IDP. I enjoy IDP. I'm just not an IDP guy. But I will say that we have some extraordinarily talented IDP <laughs> analysts. I mean, these guys, let's just be honest here. They're, they're cut from a different cloth. Yeah, IDP um, guys kind of have to have thick skin, too. Well, def- definitely thick skin, and especially when they're dealing with me. But yeah. uh, but I think probably everybody, including Shane. Um, but no, I, absolutely. Um, the IDP rookie guide is is one that I think that whether you're new or a veteran of the IDP experience, I think it's something that is going to uh, be emblematic of of the type of information that you want. It's bullet pointed information that really zeroes you in and streamlines your evaluation process to be able to make those draft picks. Absolutely. Um, MG or Shane or Fenero, if you guys don't have anything you want to add to the M- membership, I'd like to get to Caleb. Memberships no? are awesome and you should buy several. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, a few words. <laughs> Sold. Well the, well, the one thing too is that's an introductory price. So um, that's definitely something you want to hop on right away. So, yep. MG did better than both of you. So, Mr. Caleb Drake, you've got something super exciting to tell everybody about. A new project you've been working on. A couple other guys that I want you to mention here, too. But we've got the DFS Shark Tank coming soon. What can we expect from you and the team? Yeah, I mean, it's been a, been a ride. It's been exciting and, and more so probably been a learning experience more than anything. Um, you know, first, just wanted to thank you, Swags, for having me. Uh, this has been on one of my... Uh, big things to do so this is this is super exciting for me oh man absolutely thank you yeah no so so the dfs shark tank show um to to you know state a theme with 
specializing a podcast around one specific aspect of fantasy football, we will obviously be focusing our show on DFS and, and more solely on main slate cash game picks, GPP picks. Uh, we're going to dive into prop bets a little bit, you know, against the Vegas line spread. So it's just a couple of degenerates. Um, you know, myself, I got Mike Oliva, who's been in the industry for a long time and just a wealth of knowledge. So privileged to, to get to work with him. And Warren Kiesling, who's who's also just been doing this for a really long time. They both bring different aspects. Uh, they don't agree on a lot of things, which is which makes the show to be a lot of fun as we're kind of running through these betas. Um, really excited to to launch this expect the first launch to be a regular season week one and continue all the way out through the super bowl yeah absolutely do you guys have an rss feed yet uh that is a great question i will say shout out to uh william uh william rankin he really kind of makes my life so much easier when mg and me first cult you know started talking about this opportunity that was my biggest thing is i said hey I i can sit here and talk about DFS all day as this is primarily my focus on fantasy football every year. Um, but yeah, no, William really just makes my life easier. Awesome. Yeah. We'll get that RSS feed out as soon as we can, even just to get people subscribed, then they can be all ready to go when the first episode hits. It's a very exciting new show to the network. Speaking of first, Caleb happened to pull the first pick in our Superflex mock. How did that happen? Uh, well, apparently, Swags thinks that you know I would have had the worst team out of us, so he said naturally <laughs> we got to put Caleb at one hundred and one. So you know, me. with that being said, um, yeah, there's not really much analysis that goes into this with it being super flex. Apparently, my team needs a lot of help, and the man that I think that's going to help me a lot and help a lot of fantasy owners this year is Kyler Murray. A uh, big shock. I was really excited to see. Him, I know you didn't get to see a bunch from preseason week one, but his ability to buy time to, to, to allow receivers to get open is something exceptional and something I'm truly excited for. Obviously, with that rushing floor, Kyler Murray's one-on-one all day for me. Yep, I agree. Anybody disagree with that? No, nah, I think I saw I think I saw uh, MG agree wholeheartedly with one one gesture. With one I gesture. Say I'm number one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. MG, that goes to you. All right. Well, I applaud Caleb and his pick as I'm an Oklahoma alumni. So, boomer sooner all day long. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because unlike Caleb, I'm going to um, assume that I I drafted accordingly and and have stocked my team with good quarterbacks. And uh, I'm going to take my running back one uh, that I've got rated, rated, and that is David Montgomery at number two. Interesting. Nice. Don't mind that a bit. Yeah, I really like that pick. Um, what do you love about him? Was it just recently, or has he been your one-on-one all along? You know, it's interesting that you asked that, because I literally just updated my rookie rankings this afternoon, and I slotted him in. I previously had Jacobs at one overall for rookie rankings. Now, the rookie rankings on the side are not super flex-based, uh, but um, I had uh, Montgomery at number two, Jacobs number one. and not so much just for the recent news that's come out on him. Of course, he was already at number two on my rankings. But just if you look at the utilization of the running back in the Chicago offense, it doesn't hurt for the fact that Chicago is my favorite team. But not being a fanboy, it is the coach speak that has come out is a bit um, does provide some confidence and insulation in expecting 
him to be utilized both in the short uh, passing game under, you know, underneath routes and, and, and um, coming out of the backfield catching passes. But I think really what separates him and makes me feel confident is that the unit, the Chicago offensive unit is, is fairly well put together. I'm not a Trubisky guy. And I think that's another reason why I like Montgomery at this spot. Um, he's, he's decent and, and, and more than adequate in the pass protection game. And I think that, you know, getting between the holes and um, running between the numbers, he's going to, I think he's going to surprise some people and, and could potentially be our, I mean, maybe depending on what Murray does this year's rookie, uh, rookie player of the year. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. I, I like David Montgomery a lot. Finero, how do you feel? Well, I have the next pick, and I was totally prepared for Montgomery to fall to me, thinking Josh Jacobs is going to go too. Um, I do also like Montgomery. Uh, he's replacing volume with Jordan Howard having 250 attempts last year uh, and with pedestrian 3.7-yard average. So I love I love a elusive back like Montgomery, a younger back like Montgomery jumping into that system. People are worried about Cohen, but Howard had 250 carries despite Cohen. And you have a three back prowess with Montgomery. So whose idea was it to put Fanero and MG next to each other? Was that? I said, whose idea oh, was it to put Fanero and MG next to each other? I think that might've been yours. <laughs> Swags. Yeah. Great job, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I could just, I could just like not analyze my pick at all. And just move on. Um, but I think, I think, I think any listener knows I'm going Josh Jacobs here. Um, I, I was just saying that David Montgomery was probably going to fall to me, but I'm pretty happy to see Josh Jacobs with that volume with the Raiders. Um, quite happy to get him here. Uh, as far as the only running back picked in the first round. And I think that's going to be my pick at number three. Wow. All right. Um, so I'm on the clock and I'm going to just snatch uh, Mr. Miles Sanders here. Sure. Um, he's better than David Montgomery. Uh, I mean, he crushed at the combine. He's a three down back. Uh, I know there was some concern um, about Jordan Howard, which is pretty funny because people were worried about him last year. But um, so it took the, the the Bears two games of the regular season last year to realize that Jordan Howard can't catch. The Eagles have already made that determination in the preseason and practices, actually, not even in the preseason. They, before they even got to the games, they've realized he can't catch. Um, so, you know, he's going to get his carries because – He's a good two-down thumper, I guess. But Sanders, long-term, he's a three-down back. Um, that I'm happy that he fell to me. Um, I kind of guess this is about probably what his ADP is. Um, so it's not like it's a shock. I guess how we got here might have been. And I do like the Montgomery pick over Jacobs, I think. Um, especially watching Montgomery do what he did the other night or last night. I don't know. I can't keep track of days. Um, on that touchdown run because it looked like exactly what he did in college. And it's good. Yeah, he was playing against the twos, but um, he still showed that he's got that that same ability and it's going to work in the pros just like it did in uh, college. Shane, but I'm happy with Sanders. I believe he was the second back off the board, right? Yep. You want to say a quick question about uh, that Philadelphia offense. It comes up over and over and over again that Peterson's going to run multiple backs. Forget this year with Howard, but just moving forward. Is that just a product of who he had at the time? Or is that something that you think is going to continue? So you're one of the few smart people. Um, 
that's looked at that backfield and realized like, oh, so the reason he was running a committee is because he had to. Right. Oh, so the reason that J.H.I.E. couldn't run the ball 20 times when he was with the Eagles is because he physically couldn't run the ball 20 times a game had no with, knees. with the Eagles. He couldn't practice. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he has the knees of a 47-year-old man. Um, so that's why they, they, they rotated between him and Blunt. And then last year was just a complete trash heap after Ajayi went down. Like they just tried anyone like they Josh Adams had run Wendell Smallwood had run. Um, Corey Clement was never healthy and he had run. So yeah, that was all just need based. Um, it's like, and I compared it to the Chubb situation last year, obviously Chubb's a much better prospect than Miles Sanders or any running back in this draft for that matter. Um, but people were fading Chubb because Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson were yep. there. Like, what, what are you doing guys? Like the talent level's not even remotely in the same universe. Like Jordan Howard was, was he undrafted? I forget what he was. He, he was either seventh rounder or undrafted at this point. I forget. Like the guy is not that good. We, we saw that he's a, he's a plotter. He's going to – Sanders is going to easily disperse with him. Disperse is, of him. Is Miles Sanders maybe the running back you know. were hoping the Eagles would get during the draft? Like, is Miles Sanders the guy that you wanted to land there, or you're just happy with it now that it happened? No, I was uh, – Sanders after the combine. I liked him going back before the combine, um, and the combine just solidified, you know, what I liked about him. And – and the landing spot, you know, that just was kind of a happy coincidence. It's it's nice when, you know, players land <laughs> on your home team that you you actually like in fantasy. Um, so no, that that was just a happy coincidence. But I've been on Sanders since I, I don't know before the draft, definitely before the draft, before the combine. He was my sleeper guy that I thought I was going to be able to get in the mm-hmm. second round, but then he blew up the combine, and then everybody was on him, and that just didn't happen. I was just curious. He was a fifth round pick. Jordan Howard fifth was round pick. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Thank you. I could have looked it up, but I'm too lazy and I appreciate you doing that. No problem. <laughs> All right. Let's move to the real Halupka. Pick number five. Pick number five. I'm going to go with my top receiver on the board here, Nikhil Harry. Uh, the Patriots uh, got a small glimpse of what he could do uh, over this past weekend. And I think, you know, as a bigger body receiver, I think we saw. Uh, just some of the talent that he does have. Uh, obviously, you know, there is some worry that Josh Gordon may end up coming back uh, after applying for reinstatement. Uh, but that team needs pass catchers in the worst way possible. So it's not only for this year, but going forward, I, th- I think Harry's got a ton of upside in this offense uh, with or without Tom Brady in the near future. Uh, I think he's just got a load of talent uh, and a way to be a, a big time touchdown maker of this league for a long time. I like it. Yeah. Great value. Yeah, yeah, I think you in, guys in have non really super flex. Teams. I mean, he's basically what one. Yeah, right. We're just loaded <laughs> up. I think he's like one hundred two, right? Non super flex. So yeah. happy that he could be here uh, at one hundred five. No, we are we are doing a super flex draft, right? Because we're on yeah, super yep, flexible. Yep. Yeah. Yep. This yeah. Is I a think super you flex. might have won a. I, I don't know what your team looks like there um, from last year. Um, I don't know if those are anywhere. I mean, obviously, um, it's super loaded. As I'm picking last in this league, so Dude, well, it's only a five-team league. Wouldn't so, it be like, fun <laughs> to? Wouldn't it be fun to like at right before the show starts to like you pass everybody out a team and then they have to take care of the needs off that random team that they were handed during the draft? Oh, I'd love that. That That'd would be, be kind a of great fun. idea. Next concept. mock, let's do it, Swags. Heck yeah, mock 2.0. Only I'm putting all the teams together. Great, great you guys idea. are gonna have some crappy that. teams to <laughs> fix. 
so Shane, where were you going with that though? Because I think you're going where I would have stayed. No, I, I, I probably would have, depending on obviously what my roster looks like, I, I might have uh, gone with Dwayne Haskins there. Yeah, or maybe Jesus, Daniel Jones, maybe at this point. That's like comic. Like, yeah, right. all of a sudden, Finero loves him. He's got Dropping 17 down. Daniel Jones. Yeah, he's got 17 <laughs> Daniel Jones um, jerseys since the other night. He looks sharp. But they're all first reads, though, and it was preseason. But he looks sharp. Yeah. Yeah, I would have definitely drafted Dwayne Haskins by now. You're not drafting. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but... There's a reason you're not in this draft. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to invite you. <laughs> does, does Caleb know he's on the clock? Yeah, so I just auto picked for him. No, is it still no. the first round. No, this is the second round. Our five team link. Yeah, yes. I don't know how the math works out on there. You guys, really you guys traded games. for all the picks. Okay, okay. All right, so I'm actually gonna surprise everybody. I am not a believer in Dwayne Haskins, to be 100% honest. Um, yeah, I just I, I haven't liked him since before the draft. Not a fan of the landing spot. I understand his opportunity to start is now. Um, he he should be. He's in potentials, obviously, to to start early in the season. But I'm a big fan of Paris Campbell, so I'm actually going to take him nice. here. Um, his metrics are off the charts, and that's one of the big things that I like when I'm looking at you know rebuilding. Obviously, I the chances of me turning it around in a dynasty league, going from first pick in the draft to to being a championship contender. I know there's going to be a lot of work that goes into it. So yeah, I'm going to take Paris Campbell here. And I think his opportunity to produce early on is, is realistic. Um, but that is the only reason is, yeah, I know Haskins is typically gone at this point, but I'm just, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, I, re- I rewatched the preseason game uh, he, he put on um, just this morning and I, I think he's got a long way to go. So at this point, like, I, and I have to ask, cause you probably could have had him with your next pick. Probably. I don't know how these guys are picking, but you asked, you were the one person that asked in our chat that we had if we could trade picks during this draft. Would you have tried to trade back there if you were doing a real rookie pack pick the uh, rookie draft here? Or you feel that good about it to where that's just your your draft right there and how you rank them and you're doing it no matter what? No, I would have definitely sent a Shane a DM <laughs> real quick and said, hey, <laughs> this pick. Because I understand where most people's uh, views are on Haskins, so I, I do think I'm drafting him early. Yeah, I would definitely have have reached out to all of you and said, "Hey, who wants to who wants to draft here and get a little bit more?" You know, I, I, there's a lot of guys that I like within the top twenty, so you know, more picks that I can get within that top twenty is what I would have looked to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, go with your gut. I mean, I'll full disclosure. I mean, these are. I am not doing this draft because you're drafting with my rookie order. So I have Haskins at 102, and you just took my 18th guy. I'm looking at my own rankings. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to go into it with a you know predetermined mindset. So I yep. pulled up mine and, and actually hid your column so that I can't see it. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like hiding ADP when you're staring at ADP. Like you just got to go by your your rankings and get your guy. Yep. All right. MG. All right. <clears throat> well, um, I think that Shane uh, Swags makes a really good point. And, and I think this is going to be the theme of this rookie draft for, for, for our, our listeners across the globe. Really, outside of the top five, top six, um, it becomes kind of a crapshoot. And it becomes really your lists, in my opinion. Um, 
there's there's some guys that they're in that land. I think the top five, it's pretty interchangeable. Top six, maybe just depends on your format. Obviously, we're doing a super flex format and we are blindly going into this with the assumption that we have a ghost roster that we're trying to reconfigure. So um, considering that it is a, a hypothetical situation in this type of format, I don't think that you could let a guy like Haskins go any further than he's gone. Um, truth be told, I want to take DK Metcalf here. He's been my crush since before the draft. I love, uh, contrary to some of the other people's, some other industry folks' opinions, I actually love his landing spot. I know everyone's talking up Tyler Lockett and this and that and the other thing. Uh, Wilson's never had a player like DK. And I know that I'm sitting here talking myself back into taking Metcalf, but um, I think that kid is going to be extraordinarily special. And if this was a non-two quarterback league, I'd be taking DK Metcalf here. And I might have, well, yeah, I mean, at this particular spot, I'd be, I'd take him here all day long. But in this case, because of the format, hands down, um, this is tremendous value for Dwayne Haskins. So that's who I'm grabbing. Yeah, I agree. Cheapest place to get a quarterback is in a draft. Absolutely. Mr. Michael. And he's going to hold his value, I mean, at least for a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look at all the quarterbacks outside of Rosen, that they're, how much their value rose just over the offseason. Yeah, everyone hates Rosen. They hate him a lot. Yep. Well, you know, if I may, there, I think there's another thing about Haskins that's relatively intriguing, and that is his skill position players are they, – they, they pretty much gutted it and rebooted it. And the guys that are already in place are more, more so role players. Um, so I think that this offseason, getting to train with these guys, getting a rhythm, whether it be running backs or the receivers that they stocked up on, I think that it's just this could be the dawning of a new era in the NFC East. And Haskins could be uh, the quarterback to help forward that charge. Yep. Well, with my pick, I feel like I can't pick DK Metcalf because we talk so much about him because then I would just say DK Metcalf and be done. So um, I actually have, believe it or not, um, I could go quarterback here again. They do not grow on trees and in Superflex. There's really only one left that we know is probably going to start this season. So I could go there. I will not. And I won't talk about that particular quarterback giving probably the next team the opportunity to do so. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown was a better wide receiver on Ole Miss. I know a lot of people like DK Metcalf. They're both in rough situations with low pass volume, but I feel like either either Tennessee's going to get their crap together and Brown shows up, or there's going to be a new quarterback in town. And this is dynasty, so I'm not just looking at next year. And I like the town, and I'm going to grab AJ Brown here. Incoming Shane to fess his love for AJ Brown. No, I mean I've I've talked all over the place that he's just. He's probably the best receiver in the draft. Um, he is the best receiver in the draft. His landing spot is what it is. But, yep. you know, if Marcus Mariota isn't good this year, then he won't be there next year and they'll have exactly. a new quarterback. So it's fine. Yep. Um, I kind of hope that Marcus Mariota is good, but that they somehow still flame out and go like four and 12 so that they can get rid of Rabel. Because <laughs> um, I don't think he has any idea what he's doing on the offensive side of the ball. Um and if you can name their offensive coordinator, I will give you a dollar. Ooh, a whole dollar. Dollar? Yeah. Arthur Smith. Like, seriously? The he guy didn't give me a tight end. Yeah, he's been a tight end coach for, I don't know, something like 48 years or something like that. Um, just, <laughs> I don't think Vrabel has, I think he wants that offense to just 
not be bad, but just slow, methodical, run-based. And that offense could be so much fun with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown and Juno Smith and Deion Lewis. Like, that should be a top 10 offense yep. scoring. Um, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, so I love A.J. Brown. Yeah, I like that pick. But that's Good not pick, your Good pick. Thanks, man. Were you, sniped? Were you sniped then? Were you hoping he'd fall to you, or you, you, got, you got a guy in mind? No, I was probably uh, I was probably going to take him. You jerk off. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I should take Daniel Jones, but I don't. Not sexy, him. is it? So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, my man Noah Fant. Um, at this point of the draft, I, I, I like you know a few of the receivers, some of the running backs. No, that's a lie. A couple of the running backs. Um, the receivers all seem kind of be the, the same type to me, like guys that are going to be wide receiver threes, maybe wide receiver twos if everything breaks right. Um, whereas Noah Fant is going to be a difference maker at the tight end position, and he has top three upside, uh, so much so that, uh, spoiler alert, in my redraft rankings, I have him like 10th um, because he's that talented. Oh, wow. he, yeah, he's basically – a better version of Evan Ingram. Um, not the best blocker. He's an okay blocker. He's better than Evan Ingram. Um, and he's probably not as polished as Evan Ingram is as a route runner and stuff yet, but he is just an athletic freak that is just going to do monstrous things in this league. So I'll take him over Daniel Jones, who's probably what your, your second QB in a super flex or more likely your third QB. If you're feeling good yeah, about it. I hope so. Yeah. Even even in his best days, I don't think Daniel Jones will ever be more than a guy that you know you'll stream um, on bye weeks, and or will be your uh, QB three. Good point. So much hate for Daniel Jones. No, no, no. Oh. I don't. I don't hate him. I think he'll be a perfect, perfectly adequate average guy. guy. Yeah, I just it's, he's not going to be a top ten guy. I don't think there's any any version, any universe where that that could happen. Were you surprised by his? In my opinion, impressive. I understand it's the preseason. I understand it's you know not going against the starters, but I was actually moderately impressed with his ability to locate the locate the receiver. You know, throw the receivers open. It was a nice drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch much of it honestly. All I saw was the highlights. So you know, I take Finero saying that you know basically every throw was to his first read as. You know, then how impressive is it is in the preseason? I'd rather see him go through his progressions, right. um, see what happens when, you know, Darius Slayton is his number one um, <laughs> during the regular season. Although Shepard should be back by week one. So when Darius Slayton, when Shepard's, you know, double covered and uh, Saquon's double covered and Evan Ingram's, you know, chipped at the line, then I want to see what happens. Caleb, the one thing I, the one thing I will say is he was starting with his starting offensive line and he was playing against the starting Jets defense. <laughs> So that well, all happened, that all happened in the first quarter. So that that is part that that is part of what makes it look good. To be honest, like I agree with you. Like when you when people are coming in with second team offense lines, second team D lines, you don't really know like who's good, who's not. But as far as how quick his reads were, how fast and zippy his release was, I mean that 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 touchdown, I literally uh-huh. didn't even know how it got there. I went through two defenders like completely, but it just had this zip on it. Um, Eli doesn't make that throw. It's night and day to me. Yeah, and that's the thing that I really – I mean, I, I rewatched that drive a couple times today. I watched all the preseason games. That I spent my whole day doing that just to you know, prepare for the show, honestly. And nice. that was the thing is 
I was extremely impressed um, for, I guess I have extremely low expectations. And my mindset is he's going to have to get rid of the ball pretty quickly where Eli Manning a lot, a lot, anytime he's sensing pressure, it's just, you know, the classic throw it to your lineman's feet and hope there's a running back nearby. He was the sixth most uh, sacked quarterback last year, Eli. Oh, he's confused all the time too. So that probably uh, <laughs> the Giants have to yeah, get Daniel Jones on the field this year. They just have to. I mean, they they have to know what they have in that guy by yeah. twenty twenty. Yes. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they spent the uh, the sixth overall pick on the guy. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, they they don't need to know what they, you know, they don't need to know what they have from him going in the next year because they're not going to draft another quarterback. I mean, I I can't see them doing what Arizona did. Um, oh man, I would not hope with, not. Uh, get on the You hope not. Yeah, and Daniel Jones. I don't think he's bad by any means. I think he's you know he's going to be Johnson. Never surprise us. Never ever. <laughs> I really, I really hope Steve's picking him here because we've been talking. I about am. Him for oh, like I am. Minutes. I am. We, yeah, I'll tell you, Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. For, yeah, for the last pick around too. Yeah, I'm super excited to you know see what he did in, in that one really nasty drive in the preseason. Uh, I think he starts probably by week six maybe week eight this year um, because uh, the start to their schedule is not that great uh, this year for the giants. Eli, I mean, I hate to say it's, it's been long overdue to when they have a new quarterback in uh, their skill position players, of course, are, you know, lacking now without Odell Beckham, even though they do have Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram should take a step forward. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what Daniel Jones can do for the back half of 2019 with an improved offensive line in front of him now. Um, by adding Zeitler in this offseason and um, an actual you know, non-turn style and Mike Remmers at right tackle. So uh, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do this year and going forward. Making Steve the real Giants fan here and Michael Finero just the poser. Oh, they were, we're realist. That's No, that's what just happened, Finero. <laughs> okay. Super that's quick. We'll, we'll chat. <laughs> we're going to um, go over to the Scouting Academy super quick before we get back to Caleb's pick. And But good job, Steve. I like that pick. Thanks, bud. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. All right. That was weird because I'm used to either Fenero or Steve saying something after the Scouting Academy. <laughs> Not this time, like, brother. Are they going to uh, jump your, in? Show, what are man. they doing here? It's all you, brother. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Be sure to check out Scouting Academy over at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And All right, Caleb, Steve don't, Pinero don't both do it better than me. Caleb, Caleb, don't let Metcalf fall to MD. So <laughs> this is another scenario where I would reach out and actually try to trade back because there's a couple guys. And, and in this particular circumstance, I would try to trade back one pick because there's two guys that I actually am, am happy with. So if I can even, you know, if there's one guy that he's wanting and get him to move up, that, that maybe the approach that I would at least attempt. Um, but with no trades, I'm actually going to – I'm not going to go DK Metcalf. Damn I believe it. in the draft capital in Darrell Henderson. Mm-hmm. I love the opportunity. Um, the draft capital is what's most appealing to me. I, I, I'm, I am 
here on record saying that I think Todd Gurley is fine. And I, I, I don't think that I think that's being overblown uh, to an extreme proportion. But I don't see them, you know, if Sean McVay likes him, then I like him. And if anything, he's going to get his work in the passing game and, 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 you know, still get his opportunity right off the bat year one. And in this scenario, I, I feel like the reason I was last place is because, uh, you know, I only had Todd Gurley and that was it. So I'm just putting myself in that mindset. So I'm going to go ahead and take Henderson here. Tell me I'm crazy. You're crazy. Yeah, that's no, nuts. That's a little crazy to me. <laughs> I don't like it either. No, I. you know what? If if you believe Todd Gurley is fine, then that pick wouldn't make sense to me. I know, you know, they've been talking about that he's still going to be used and maybe he gets, what, 20% of the carries or whatever. But it's a little disconcerting that John Kelly came out and uh, got the reps with the ones yesterday before um, – Henderson did, yep. and from everything I've read, Henderson really hasn't done much in camp, and he's the RB five right now for the team. Which you know, obviously, it's preseason; shit will change, but yeah. things will change. And, and that's another there. thing too. When you bring up John Kelly, and the way we were talking about John Kelly at this time last year was very similar to Henderson. Like he's the guy to own if Gurley gets hurt, and we never saw John Kelly. And then it went to Malcolm Brown till he got hurt, and then we saw C.J. Anderson when Gurley was out, and. So just because it's, I don't know, the new fresh toy doesn't mean it's going to be the hero. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not on Daryl Henderson. I had him 24 overall in my rookie ranks below all those guys. Like that, I, I kind of chuckled when not like in light of Caleb picking him, but because of the shade I threw on him in my rankings, I was like, whoa, I've got him way down here. And that's really kind of, I, I looking up at the guys above him, I like them all better than Henderson, I, I get it, you know, though, if you get your guy, it could be totally wrong. And I think that Henderson could be utilized right away out of the backfield in the passing game. So I will give you that. Yeah, and I, and I don't disagree with a lot of people are saying, so I can see where it's confusing. I think Todd Gurley's fine, but I think they're going to limit his workload, which is, once again, the thing I like about it is the draft capital here. Um, I think they're going to use him, and I think that you can stick most NFL running backs behind that offensive line, and they're going to succeed. I believe that you can stick most, you know, relatively good pass catching backs and they're going to succeed in a Sean McVay offense as well. So, yeah, this is definitely one of those that that is my guy. And I think there's also the extreme upside where Gurley does go down and I'm completely wrong. And there is something more to that knee, obviously, than you probably could have taken Metcalf, though, and, and traded him to the Henderson owner later. Well, here's the thing that looking at this, and I'm not good at math. So, what is this in a real draft? What is this? One uh, eleven? Yeah, th- that uh, would have been pick eleven. You got it. Yeah, I've seen him go off the board right around here anyway. Yep. So, I- I'm not particularly concerned by that. It was just when Caleb was like, "Oh, well, you know, I, I think Gurley's fine." Um, okay. But you know, I understand it. So, I-, I like Henderson. I think he's a good player. I mean, it's just if Gurley's fine. Or even if they just limit his workload, then I don't know how much Henderson's going to be able to provide to you on a weekly basis for the next. I mean, Gurley signed through what twenty twenty one with a pretty big cap hits. Yeah, Gurley's. Yeah, I think Gurley's just fine. I took him one hundred nine in a super flex startup. I was going to ask you guys: think Gurley's fine? Where is he going in redraft leagues? I got him at two hundred eight when Swags and Two Drinks was. Acting as my assistants through that, as it was my first Superflex dynasty. Oh, Such a deal, in my opinion, man. Great value. It's great. Yeah. 
Redraft is going like end of the second, early third, I think, early right now, which is just stupid. Yeah, I'm getting so him, like just, I'm getting them in a ton of best balls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, best ball, I, I'm, I'm more than okay with that. It's just, and, and especially redraft. I mean, you lose your first round pick, your second round pick, you're pretty yep. screwed typically. Yep. Yep. I mean, those guys are really need to be hammers for you. So if you're taking him in the first or second round and he's not okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've just pretty much hamstrung yourself. So but I, if I you let somebody get there. him in the third round and he is okay, how does that help you? That, that's fine, but I, to me, the risk is not worth the reward. It's just not like you know. There's a range of outcomes, obviously, that that can happen. I'm of the mindset that he's going to miss. You know, and I've said this before. I think he's going to miss games during the season where he might play one game and then can't go in the next week, or he's going to play two games and then can't play the next three because his knees, you know, whatever the issue is with it. But you know, if you're you're okay with that risk, yeah. I mean, the reward on that could be he's seventy percent of what he was last year, and then he's still an RB one. So then you know you you you'd have me there, but I think I'd still be okay if I took you know uh, Nick Chubb instead of him. Um, because even if Gurley ends up being that. okay, I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah. So if I think even if Gurley ends up being okay, there's not really a giant difference between those two. And what Chubb's I think the next guy I year. want. You know, when you are saying it like that, I want to go Gurley Chubb, and then as far as running backs go, and then I'm going Mixon, right? Personally, but and I don't know, man. I I, I think it got so blown out of proportion. Uh-huh. I think it's seriously too bad that we let beat writers dictate how we run our fantasy teams. Well, I don't think it's beat writers dictating it. I it's think a little bit, man, the way it was in no. the air. Like, yeah, he's got bad knees, and we know that, but who doesn't? Well, no. Okay, Swag, so if it came out he had bad knees and nothing else happened, then, yeah, you don't you do not do shit about it because who cares? He has bad knees, fine. Um, it came out he couldn't play. He couldn't play football. Then it comes out, well, it's because his knees are really bothering him. And then in the, the, the most important game of any football player's career, even him, sure. his money's guaranteed. You know what I mean? Uh, forget it. You get me out there. I got sixty million guaranteed. I can run. You know, I don't care if my knees ever work again. He couldn't play in the Super Bowl, and then Malcolm Brown signs a tender with a team, and Los Angeles couldn't have matched that tender any quicker than if they actually signed it before. Uh, I believe it was. I don't even remember. Detroit offered mm-hmm. it, and then. They go ahead and say, you know what? We're going to trade up in the third round and draft a running back who happens to be a three-down back in third round. That's pretty good draft capital and moving right. up. Yeah, I'm with and you. then we're still not done in the preseason. Gurley's on the hey, I'm going to practice every other day um, schedule. And that's not a real schedule. I'm just saying, even for vets, uh-huh. you know, you either practice or you don't. And that, that's that's what I'm. I see. If it mm, literally, I see if your it point. Just, if it was just, hey, he has bad knees, well, everybody's got bad knees. You're playing the NFL. But it's the bad knees plus, okay, all these other things occurred. Where there's smoke, there's fire. No, it makes sense. I wonder what MG's doing next. I already picked you know, for him. Not to kick a dead horse, but I've been trying to wrap my head around the evaluation process in, in Caleb's pick. And truth be told, <laughs> if he had Gurley and you look at what he's drafted thus far, He's had a spectacular draft up to this point, I think, in addressing particular needs. This all will be dated back to whatever his strategy is. So granted, it's a super flex rookie draft. It's hard to leave a player like a DK Metcalf on the board at this stage. But as Shane alluded to earlier, we're only at really the 111. So we're still talking about first rounders. Um, I actually think Daryl Henderson is 
a phenomenal talent. I think he's going to be, I think quite frankly, Shane mentioned earlier that he's what fifth on the rung right now. I think that's on purpose. I think he's probably got that mentality right now. This is all speculation. I have no basis to prove any of this of that. He is going to be given the reins and given a chance to, you know, at least get a handful of carries and potentially the, the coaching staff's making him earn it. And I like that if that's the case. Um, I think that he's the type of guy that could literally step in and I don't know that too much would really change offensively speaking. So if faced with a chance to, to give yourself a golden handcuff, when you have a player with the type of investment that you've got in a girly, uh, I don't know. I, I don't not, I don't hate it, but at the same time, it is hard to leave, you know, if you're, if you're a rankings guy and you're just looking at rankings, well, no, I mean, you, you can't leave a DK Metcalf off the board at that point, but to pick up a handcuff, but at the same time, I think there's some um, sensibility to his pick. So anyway, all of that said, absolutely, hands down, unequivocally, I'm taking DK Metcalf. If I have to explain why, <laughs> I think we've missed the boat. Yeah, I agree. We all know you love him, and and uh, he and this is this is this is probably pretty late for him. This is the end of the first round, so yeah. I think uh, he he gets pushed down there because of superflex. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that makes sense. And it gets, that might be, that might be value even. Um, I'm actually next and I'm between two wide receivers myself. Uh, I, I'll just say it. I'm between Debo and, and Jaws, JJR, Sega Whiteside. And I'm just not going to let Shane have two Eagles. So, um, I'm actually cooling a little bit on Debo. I think in most cases I was going Debo here to be quite honest, but, I like Wentz better. I know who Wentz is, uh, so I want that wide receiver. I don't think Ashlawn Jeffrey's there past this year. Uh, I know it's said over and over again they're similar players, so I don't need to say that. But I like the talent a lot. I know Swags knows that, and I don't have him anywhere, so I'm just going to take this this opportunity and this this mock draft to have a little share, which means almost nothing. But I'm going J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I like it. Yeah, he's impressive. I was – Watching him again today, he's going to be someone that I think can step on the field and produce. I, unfortunately, obviously, the depth chart, there's there's a lot of guys in front of him, but yep. this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm feeling good about it long term. Yeah, exactly. where does, Where's Alston going to be next year? Just Not the done? Eagles, because if he is, he's a top 10 paid wide receiver, and he doesn't. I like Alshon, but he doesn't give you that type of production. No. Um, JJ, like they basically drafted Alshon's clone. Mm-hmm. Um, except he's a better leaper. Um, so they said, yeah, th- this guy, uh, Wentz likes him, so let's just go get the younger version of him. That's what we're going to do. I was going to say that's the main difference. He happens to be significantly younger. Yeah, I just feel like we faded Alshon a little too quickly. But I, I can't say I want to go out there and buy him all day either. But oh, The problem is, is the Eagles have to pay Wentz you know, $30 million a year because they, they're already out of his rookie contract starting next mm-hmm. year. Um so you got to make cuts somewhere, you know what I mean? And Alshon, like I said, if he restructures his deal, that changes everything. Um, but as it stands right now, uh, he's like I said, he's last I looked, he was the top ten, in the top ten uh, paid wide receivers, and that's you know he's not giving you that production. That's like Odell, Michael Thomas, um, DeAndre Hopkins. He's not giving you that level of production. As much as I like him, he's a very solid receiver. Even if he's even if he stayed, even if they found some way to restructure his contract, the depth there is just not deep enough. The two of them could share the field, no problem. Who the heck's the wide receiver two there? And yeah, no, Esau Jackson—that's a one-year guy, right? There's, there's even if he stayed, 
Uh, I mean, Deshaun, I think Deshaun, why do I say his name like that? Deshaun. Deshaun. Um, he should, even if he's there a couple of years, that's fine. He plays a completely different yep. role than those guys. Yeah. And the Eagles are going to be one of the, you know, the offenses that throw the most. And Aguilar, there's a good chance he's gone yep. um, because he's just not worth, you know, what, what he'll probably get on the market. Um, so they can let him go. Yeah. So even if Alshon stays, there's no reason that Arcega can't do well. I mean, if Alshon played the first three games of last year, he was probably wide receiver 15. Overall scoring? Yeah. Yeah, yeah overall. On points per game basis, he was wide receiver 23 or so, I think. Yeah, but he missed the first three games of the season. Yeah, he I'm didn't talking have about his quarterback. You guys all I, said that that's one reason you like Whiteside is because he's going to have Wentz. Well, Alshon's hardly had that. Well, he had Wentz, actually, when he came back, because Wentz came back before him. But then Wentz was gone again at the end of the season. Yeah. But, so he said, okay. what, like five games with him? Look, he's just to me, he's not like I like Alshon, but he's not a top 10 wide receiver. In oh, the NFL. I totally agree with that. I, I so absolutely they, they can't, agree with they that. can't afford to pay him that. If he wants to stay on board and be paid, you know, like a top 30 wide receiver, well, that's awesome. Fine. Stay for $7 million or $8 million. Because uh-huh. that's probably all he's going to get anyway. I mean, you might not even get that if he leaves the team. Just look. Looking at the best player available, I really should be t- taking TJ Hawkinson here, but that's not fun. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go off script and I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Debo Samuels. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I like Debo. Debo's a guy that I actually have right behind in that, that tier. Um, they're both in the same tier, but, you know, a little behind um, JJ. Uh, Samuels is a, just a, you just get the ball in his hands. I mean, you saw it last night. Um, I think it was on a reverse or something. Uh-huh. I don't even remember. So and he just took it. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just a solid player. Um, he can play outside. He can play slot. Um, he can apparently uh, take it on a reverse. Um, just a very nice player. He um, looks like a better Pettis. Um, I don't know. I think Pettis has got better deep speed. It is better as a deep threat. Um, I actually like both of those guys. Um, but again, Debo's a guy I think that can be a wide receiver three. And if everything breaks right, a wide receiver two. So in this draft, I'll take it. I like it. That's the guy I was between. So I like the pick. Steve, what are you doing with your pick? Uh, I know you and two drink have given me crap about this guy previously, but I'm taking Devin Singletary here. Um, so there's word that TJ Yeldon may not make the roster even in Buffalo. And there's rumors just about every other day that LaShawn McCoy may get traded. So it could be a very quick rise for Singletary uh, up that depth chart. He was getting some run with the ones early in camp as well. Um, So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in case McCoy is gone. You know, Frank Gore is obviously a, miraculously still playing at a decent level in the, in the league right now as well. But I think long-term, I think he's still a very good play here. Um, and especially this is now doing the math, the third pick in the second round of a traditional draft. Yep. I, I'm i I'm all for it, you know, not That's only nice for this spot. year, but go, yeah, not only for this year, but going forward, I think he's uh, potentially a starter there for Buffalo for the next couple of years. Uh, once they get rid of LaShawn McCoy. And he played really good in preseason. I'm warming up to the idea a little bit. Yeah, I might be late to the party though. Probably too late. He did a lot. at one twelve. Um, this would have been one fifteen. Second round. Now it's a fifteen man league. Oh, so confused. In a twelve man, it's a third pick in the second round. Third pick in the second round in twelve man. Two oh three. 
I like Devin Singletary there too, except that I'm immediately flipping him for 2021 if I can. There you go. Yeah. Right. So we're back to me. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So TJ Hawkinson, and I'm excited to get him here. Honestly, um, I just think that I, I this is more of a long term pick. I know that you know rookie tight ends definitely don't produce immediately, but with it being a dynasty format, I think Hawkinson is going to get every opportunity to succeed in this offense and yep draft draft capital makes sense the metrics make sense and this is a easy pick for me yeah he fell to you yeah absolutely i will take advantage of it mg moving right along moving right along um this is an easy one for me hands down unequivocally i i, I honestly i can't believe i got I, I mean it's obviously a different format here but uh marquise brown easy peasy um I know that, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's still on the NFI list. Uh, I know he didn't come in post-draft 100% healthy. Not worried about that long-term in a dynasty format. At the end of the day, he automatically, in my opinion, by default becomes the best receiver on that team. Now, granted, that says speaks volumes to the lack of talent on their receiving core, but at the same time, I understand it. People probably not getting behind a receiver playing with Lamar Jackson. But therein lies the intrigue for me. Lamar Jackson's just a taller version of Kyler Murray in a lot of sense. And now you're giving Marquise Brown the same kind of quarterback that he played with in, in college. And I think that that scrambling ability, that ability to create space at the line to uh, allow a burner like Marquise Brown to go deeper and Jackson to use that cannon arm um, or even run after the catch situation on quick out routes or button hooks. I think that you put the ball in Brown's feet, uh, hands and he's healthy. I, I think there's a, a lot of upside, and I know that's a, a voodoo word to use, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to do something both in the short term and the long term. And I think it's abundantly ironic that the potentially two best offensive weapons um, from a pass-catching standpoint for the Baltimore Ravens are Oklahoma City. So I, I kind of dig that too. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously the draft capital is there. First round. Uh, do you uh, would you worry about him being 166 pounds as a wide receiver in the NFL? No. Zero concern. I, I have to uh, uh, just real quick, Mike. He, yeah, he's he's practicing now. Okay, good. Yeah, I hadn't caught the other most recent update. All right. So, All right. I guess I'm on the clock then. So, again – between a few guys feel like I kind of want to go wide receiver again, but I'm actually going to go justice Hill. I'm going to stick with the same team. Love and, it. uh, and I think he's being, he's kind of being plugged as, as, as a complimentary back only. I think he has a little bit more upside than that, but I do think that we're going to get to see him this year, which is, which is great this late. Uh, I want to see him this year. I don't know how long Ingram's actually going to be there. I know they just signed him, but it's really kind of like one year to your contract. And again, I think we see, I think we see Hill play in a very, very, very uh, run-friendly offense. Let's call it, uh, which would be the reason to not super love um, Brown and Boykin and, and those fellas. So I'm going to actually go with the running game in Baltimore and go Justice Hill. Yeah, love that pick. He's super fast too. Yeah, the explosiveness on that one play on the sideline in preseason. Yeah. He, he's going to catch out of dirty. the field. And I forget who tweeted it out, but uh, someone tweeted it out, and they said, uh, "This is not sped up." Yes, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I saw that one too. Yeah. I was pretty sure it was sped up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I literally still think it's sped up. 
Yeah, it just it definitely looked like he was faster than everyone, but how do you just speed him up? That's what I want to know. I hear you. I was checking out the DVs. I'm like, they look a little quick too. I don't know. I think this was sped up. Yeah. Well, you're the you're the the, the video, the video guy. guy. You should yeah. probably investigate that. You should. I will. Yeah. I'll take a closer look. It's tough to see on your phone, right? So and, uh, like that a small rookie fever fact: he has the longest arms of any running back in the draft. Hey, he's so, only five. Brought eight? to you by Michael Finero. Wow. <laughs> oh, I did say that, didn't I? Yeah. I forgot all about that. I love my I like my fun facts. Oh man. Yeah, where are you going with this pick, Shane? <laughs> I mean, and this is just because I've been uh I've been hyping this kid up for I don't know. I did a write-up on him at some point, fell in love with him, and just decided that he's my little stash and that he's gonna take the Kansas City Chiefs job at some mm. point this year. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Darwin Thompson. Ooh, um, yeah, and just just so we're clear, um, this isn't based off what he did last night in the preseason game, though yeah. that was fun to watch because he was just doing whatever he wanted to on the field when they gave him the ball. Yeah, he looked good on that twenty-nine yard reception. He looked good hurdling. He looked running, looked good running up the middle, which I don't expect him to do a lot of. Um, but we're what late in the second, middle of the second. I don't know what part of the draft we're in because it's right in the middle. Music. Right in the middle. Right, right in the middle. Two oh seven. I'm gonna take a chance on a late round running back before I will on some of these. You know, what are they, round three wide receivers. Um, I, I love that pick. When you yeah, said I, Chiefs, I thought you were gonna go uh, McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman. Really so, yeah, 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 I, look, I can see going McCall Hardman, um, and he looked fun on that, that his touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love Darwin Thompson. I think the guys look. I think he, he's got easily easily sixty five receptions in him um, for the next few seasons. Um, if the Chiefs so choose to use him that way, and if they don't, I could always cash out. Hopefully, after this season, um, when Damian Williams flops, and they have to use Tom, uh, Thompson a little bit. Look, if he gets five six rushing attempts, great. But if he gets, you know, four to five receptions a game, then it's going to be disgusting what he does this year. Yep. Yeah, love it. Uh, no Swags loves that. Yep. <laughs> I really thought he would follow to me. I'm disappointed. Look, if Justice Hill didn't go, he would have. So blame Fanero. <laughs> All right, Steve, what are you doing? All right, I'm going to stick with the running back theme here and go Damian Harris. Love that Pat's offense, uh, especially from a running game perspective. They have run the crap out of the ball the last few years. Um, and obviously there are concerns about Sonny Michelle and his knees, but I think those are a bit overblown. Uh, I still think Harris can not only, you know, fill a rollout for this year, but potentially, you know, have some good touchdown upside going forward. So at, you know, I guess 2-8, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to take, you know, another solid draft capital running back here. I believe it's a third rounder for New England. Uh, and with that offense still going forward with an awesome offensive line, I'm, I'm happy to take him here. Not worried about James White or Burkhead? Uh, I think Rex Burkhead will be a great special teamer going forward. You're assuming he makes that roster. If he makes the roster. <laughs> yep. All right. You guys got time for one more round? Let's do it. All right. Back to Caleb. All right. So, man, the last Snakes. two guys I, I, I had him. <laughs> Yeah, for, on both of them, actually. I thought I could get at least one of them. <laughs> um, Tilting. So Such a DFS guy goes tilting on the podcast. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I, I am a DFS guy. This is, this is you know, new, newer territory for me. I'm not even going to lie about it. Now, I will say I'm going to go receiver, and I and we've already kind of talked about it 
earlier in the show. I love Jaws, and it just kind of reconfirmed it. Oh, man, he's already taken. Yep, I'm so sorry. Gone. Rookie move. <laughs> nah, that's good, because that would have been great value. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw him. I, I didn't highlight his name. I'm highlighting their names and colors, and I didn't see red on his name. All right, so the wide receiver that I actually do like, and it's for the opportunity that I see in the future, I don't think it's going to be much there. I'm going to go back to the Kansas City Chiefs offense and select Nicole Hardman. I think he's going, when given the opportunity, I don't think it's going to be year one. I think he struggles getting off of press coverage. But with Sammy Watkins having a recurring injury all the time, and T.Y., you know, Hill, I or sorry, Tyreek Hill, with him being at contract year as a Chiefs fan, I don't see him re-signing. Um, so I, I like I like Hardman here. Yeah, he looked really good in preseason too. Yeah, and you're right. If Hill, if they don't re-sign Hill, which I, I would think that they 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 should not because he's whatever. But um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. that's that's my point too. Yeah, Hardman should be able to step in there and uh really do some things. He is whatever. Hashtag <laughs> nice analysis. Look, I, I I don't you know. At some point, I, I'm of the mind that Hill's going to end up in prison or kill someone, or Jesus. probably not in that order. But um, <laughs> so you never know. No, yeah, maybe. Maybe on the prison and then kill someone like uh, Lawrence Phillips did. It happens, right? yeah. <laughs> All right. On another note, MG, you're up. <laughs> um, I, for for me, looking at you know insulating my team here from a rookie standpoint and looking at what I've done up to this point, uh, there's a whole lot of hot mess that's left. I mean, there's some intriguing things, intriguing players and opportunities and positions, sure. But at the end of the day, this is this is snipe territory and. Uh, it's, it's nice that some recent news has come out on this guy that has shed in a, been shed in a positive light. And, of course, we all know some extenuating circumstances revolving around his situation or his uh, teammate's situation. But um, I think this is a prime opportunity for, to, for me to pounce on uh, Pollard and, and snag the potential heir apparent to Zeke and even potentially use it as trade bait. Yeah, I think it's great trade bait. Do we think Zeke comes back this year? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like four games. I I think I he misses one, one or two. Really? Maybe. I have no idea. I'm just guessing. I, I think he comes back at some point, though. Like, I, yeah, I'm, there's no I'm, way he sits out the whole year. Yeah, I'm kind of with Shane, though. I do think he misses a few games. I was kind of like thinking four to six. Two, I think, sounds reasonable as well, though. I mean, and you just don't know. It's so freaking up in the air. Um, that would think? be devastating for for him. To, to miss that many games. If Pollard or Weber come in and get, if they can show that they can run a committee and get production and be still moderately, moderately successful. Then, then <laughs> yeah, you really think they're, they're just going to bench Zeke when he comes back? No, 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 absolutely not. But I mean, it, this is a money thing. And if, 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 if Zeke is going to give Pollard or, and or Weber, ideally Pollard's the talk of the town today, but, if they're going to get a chance to shine with the with the with the first stringers, and if Zeke misses a quarter of the season, well, they they that could have already determined their playoff potential. But all due respect, 
Jerry Jones cannot make a media statement and be like, we need Zeke really bad. I just wish we could find a way to pay him. So he's got to make Zeke and the media and anybody around that situation feel like he's got it taken care of with the backfield that he has there, be it Pollard or Morris or whoever. But he he can't just like go to the media and be like, oh, we're begging him. We need him that bad. He's not he's too proud. But the truth is they absolutely need Zeke back at some point if they're going to make a true playoff run, in my opinion. Yeah, they'll get it at one point. Yeah, they'll get it sorted out. But I, I'm but with Paul, you. Pollard should be, at least be able to give you some standalone value. Though, Absolutely. That's a good receiver. Yeah. But I like what MG added when he drafted him and said even if to trade him. Yeah. yeah, And you know what? Usually in rookie drafts, you, you know, you should be looking at like, what, what's the best case scenario of this guy? Yep. If I cash out, like, can I cash out for a higher pick. I, I don't know if you could this year, um, but I don't know that that matters because I think a 2020 second rounder is worth more than a 2019 second rounder. And, so and maybe if you talk to the Zeke owner, though, like if you own Pollard and you talk to the Zeke owner today, he might yeah. he might be willing to pay up. Yeah, that's true. Some people don't value picks like that. Yep. I seen Yeldon go for a 2019 first last year just because somebody drafted Fournette and they wanted to get Yeldon to make sure they had him. It was crazy, but it happened. That's unfortunate. Yeah, right? <laughs> Mr. Michael Finero. You're back. Yeah, so up. this is a guy, this is a guy, so as you know, I like um I'm gonna go with uh everyone's all over Kyler Murray and that offense, and you know how I'm I'm asking everybody to pump the brakes on it. But this late, I'm absolutely going to go Isabella with his four three one speed, his college dominator rating, his breakout age. I mean, all everything lines up. I keep hearing hearing the narrative. He's a body catcher. He's a body catcher. I mean, with that kind of speed, if Kyler Murray is what he's supposed to be in that offense, is half of what it's supposed to be. I'll take that second round pick this late. Well, Isabella says Marquise Brown. There you go. It's that bigger. For me, though, it's not just like any any of the bad narratives that he's a body catcher or anything like that, but it's all the other players around him in the offense and who's it going to yeah. be. And then the guys that I can get so much cheaper. I mean, to me right now, and Fenero, I know you know this well. Um, Steve, you probably as well. Like, I can't believe that Terry McLaren is sitting here. Like, it's driving me freaking crazy that <laughs> that guy's sitting there. Well, he's not going to be, so shh. <laughs> just saying so um so moving on shane so your pick I, is? i'm gonna get and grab terry mclaren oh um, wow shocker. Yeah. shocker he's had a really good camp um obviously he went to college with dwayne haskins um, sure and they played last year together and mclaren just happened to have his best season in the one season that haskins got the start um you know, we talk about that that connection between rookies or a rookie quarterback when they find a connection with someone. Well, this guy's only connection is uh, McLaren. I mean, I I don't know how good he's going to be long term, but again, he's a guy I can flip later. Um, he's probably his ceiling's probably wide receiver four, um, low end wide receiver three. But look, all I need him to do is flash a few weeks and, you know, cash out on him again for a 2020 pick. Even if it's in the same round, I think it'll be much better players next year. And and you're absolutely right, because there's somebody like me in your league that would be completely willing to pay for McLaren today just because of I mean, and I was before preseason before OTAs or anything. I think that McLaren's a well-spoken kid and everything that Shane said about Haskins and that connection, like. I think that there's a lot of opportunities 
in Washington for somebody, whereas somebody and going back to Finero's pick there, and he knows how I feel about Isabella. So I just, how many opportunities is he going to have compared to somebody like McLaren? Who's, I don't know. I'm really excited. I could be totally wrong about this one, but yeah, I, I, I think that's a great value there. But with that, that said, I mean, E12. it might even be early, like late, like at the beginning of rookie drafts, McLaren was going late third, fourth <laughs> round sometimes. Yep. Yeah, yeah so he's moved up a lot. I think this is our last pick of the draft. It, it is, is, Steve. Last pick. Yep, let me finish it up. Um, so I think I'm going to take a wide receiver here. Um, big body guy, tons of deep speed. I'm going to take Miles Boykin. Uh, obviously, there was a theme with the Baltimore Ravens draft was to get some great deep speed for for uh, Lamar Jackson to utilize um, and really kind of open the things up for that offense and not have so many damn people at the line of scrimmage against that their running game. Um, you know, Boykin has flashed early in camp, has flashed during the offseason with Brown as he did not practice early on. Um, I think, you know, Boykin's a little bit different than Brown. They both definitely still have great speed, but, you know, as, as a bigger body, I, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do in that offense. Um, and, you know, as the, I guess, technically was this uh, 3-1 yep. in a traditional draft, uh, I'm uh, another potential good pick to flip eventually down the line as well. If he flashes for a couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Boykin here. Good I like man, it. And, and some I are saying maybe the number one wide receiver in that offense to the Marquise Brown that be. was drafted earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's the one to own personally. Yeah. I, I like his size. Love it. And, and he's had, yeah, he's had a great camp. Great camp. Great camp. And and they made sure to, to, to target him this, you know, once again, preseason, but you know, they're, they want to get him involved and I love this pick. Everyone, everyone talks about Marquise Brown speed, but this kid's fast too. Real fast. Yeah. Very fast. I mean, that's, part of why he ended up jumping up draft boards because his college production sucked. Um, but he was an absolute uh, beast at the combine, man. Uh-huh. All right. That was a lot of fun guys. Let's uh, let's sign off, go in reverse order, tell them who you are, everything about you. But then Steve, starting with you, tell us one rookie stash. Ooh, one rookie stash. Okay. Well, I am at the real Halupka, obviously co-host with swags and two drink on, the super flexible podcast, uh, a rookie stash. We're we talking like late round pick that we want that we're holding on to. Whatever you got to do, it's pretty on the spot. So, okay, uh, I do really kind of like Dexter Williams. Um, I, I think he's got a good chance there to take over, definitely the number two role for Jamal, uh, and potentially with some good potential going forward in Green Bay. So he's a later round pick, and I think he's a definitely a good stash for you on the back end of your rosters. Yeah, I like it, Shane. Oh, so that's me, and I closed the sheet. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, let's see. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, because it's super flex. Um, he's already moved up to the second quarterback, uh, the QB2 on that team. And I think Joe Flacco sucks, and I think Drew Locke is going to get a chance to play this year. And also, that's the last name I remember on the sheet. Yeah, and I mean, if Flacco goes down, like he said, Drew Locke's already moved up to number two. Yep. Mr. Michael Finero. I like, I like, you know, Jalen Hurd had two touchdowns. Wait, Shane, you didn't tell everybody who you were. That was part of the assignment. Who doesn't know who who Shane is? I'm Shane. Um, (laughs) Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, We do podcasts weekly about trades and things like that. And then uh, I do a bunch of other stuff, right? Edit, 
some other things. Whatever. DFF but, uh, underscore Shane. Yeah, we're looking. Yeah, honestly, if you don't know Shane, points. what the heck? If you don't know me, you I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Finero. Okay, so I'm gonna go TV. Yeah, it's Michael Finero at Aardvark TV. My staff is Jalen Hurd, San Francisco. Two touchdowns this weekend. Versatile guy, uh, flashed quite a bit in this entire offseason. So he's my stash for San Francisco. Uh, real quick, I, I just wanted to jump in. Um, actually, my stash is uh, Jalen Hurd. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm pretty sure it was Drew Locke. Damn Swags, it. your laugh kills me. <laughs> it sounds it's like original. Yours, it sounds like you are so incredibly high. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. I left I like this long before drugs were in my life. We can't see your photo, so I'm just literally picturing you laying down on a couch with a Twinkie hanging out of your mouth going, so what's your Twitter handle? Tell them. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm staring at your voices on my computer and got a headset on and I'm pretty swell. But uh, <laughs> He can't laugh anymore. He's got to hold it back. No, no, so there will I... be no more laughing. Yeah. So Stop. MG, now you need to tell them who you are, where to find you. And well, this is a, a rookie this, stash. Okay, this is going to be a, a relatively rarity here. Um, nor I, as many people don't know, I do run the DFF underscore Dynasty handle. Um, but my personal Twitter handle is always be building. So that's with two Bs. Uh, that is my personal Twitter handle, which I use, but not as often as my as our business handle. So my deep Dynasty stash from a rookie draft standpoint for this format. Um, honestly, with the with the guys that are left on our list, it's pretty easy. Hakeem Butler, I think no, that from a stash doesn't have to be on our list, but yeah, I like that one. Um, you know, he's he's having a rough go of it right now, and I think that regardless, he was a developmental player guy that they wanted to come in and develop anyway. When you look at how they drafted, it's sort of like with an eye to the future. Um, Fitz is going to. I mean, when is that guy going to retire? I mean, assuming next year is probably is his last year. We put in we if we implement the three year rule, Butler's ready to move in and take over for Fitz's role. We know that Kirk and Isabella can't aren't going to overtake that take that role on. They're they're diminutive. So um, Butler represents something that offense is not uh, used to having, and that's a big bodied receiver that can. Uh, it's got a wide catch radius and can grab the ball, be a red red zone influence, and by that time, even DJ is going to have worn some wear more wear on his tires. So I think from a deep stash standpoint, Butler is uh, is an ideal pick. I like it. Caleb goes to you. Caleb. Yeah. So you should be the longest because you have to make sure that's why we did this in reverse order. So we saved the best, brightest and newest for last. Wow. No pressure. All right. No pressure Uh at all. Yeah, so you can find me at DFF underscore guru and make sure to go follow our new upcoming show uh, at DFS underscore Shark Tank. It's going to be exciting. Uh, come play with some degenerates and and hopefully win some money. My deep stash is Alexander Madis- Madison. Damn it. I like that. I really like him. Um, I think the opportunity is there for him to step in if Dalvin Kirk- Cook were to go down. Um, I think that Dalvin Cook's workload is – it'll be interesting for me. I, I, I know that I'm interested to see if Cook gets the full 100%. I know everyone's anticipating it, and it, it probably is. But if something were to happen, I think Madison would step in and produce in that offense immediately. I like that. I like that one. Who said damn it? 
make everybody else had better stashes than me because they kept their thing open. I take every other stash <laughs> that I've heard so far over Drew Lock. Drew Lock is a terrible stash. I was like, did somebody think they were gonna get a second stash? Don't, don't listen to my stash. Every other stash that's been mentioned is better than mine. I'm gonna mention Keyshawn Johnson just because we mentioned all the other wide receivers there, and I think he's the cheapest. He's somebody that I've been trying to go around and just buy up some places he was on waivers not anymore the price has gone up a little bit but just as a nice little stash uh, i think i think you made a, a brilliant point by saying the cheapest i think yep. you're absolutely right and i think that is a that's a huge identifier for you guys drafting later in your rookie back drafts looking for stash players if you can't trade your picks out and you're thinking who to grab um some of these guys that we've already mentioned are probably going to have, you know, come with a bit higher capital. And, and Keyshawn definitely is a guy that you could get in the latter part of your uh, rookie drafts at no cost virtually. Super flexible rookie fever crossover mock in the books. I am at DFF underscore swag. Find us at rookie fever at super flexible pod at super flexible trades or super flex trades. That's you, Steve. You got to help me out. Super um, trades. You got it, man. Super flex FL2 drink minimum at everybody here. This is a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank awesome. you. Always be building. I'm Shane. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked today's episode, please give us a five-star review. We love them. Until next time, always be building. Stop. Collaborate and listen. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com is back with a brand new invention. Okay, it's not really a new invention, but they've got a cool twist on the dynasty leagues they're currently providing. One quarterback, three running back, four wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, no kickers and defenses, 24 rounds. They also have redraft leagues, best ball leagues, entry fees from $19.99 to $2,999. Go check them out. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com. 